and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. We made it to 200 episodes, and today we're covering our top 10 games we want to play for all times, or Tigwit Puffat. Puffat? Tigwit Tig Puffat. Super easy to say. I don't know how you'd forget it. <laughs> or, or better yet, Mars games that may or may not include any Mars games. And between this episode and the next, I'm going to have a baby. And we'll explain in the timing of all that later. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, The Gift of Games, and that is it. Um, and a huge thank you to all our other patrons as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we're recording this one a bit early. This is on Thursday, but uh, we still have our friends in chat. So you guys can challenge us if we leave something off the list. Well, what about this one? And what about that one? And we will <laughs> most certainly um, try to answer that question. I actually I've preemptively have an excuse for a few that I think people are going to expect on the list. I'm like, well, eh, because of this or that. And then there's a few that surprised me that I put on the list. Um, let's see. Uh, well, there's a few other announcements, but I sort of want to save that stuff to the end of 200. But let's just talk about episode 200 for a moment. This is a lot of episodes. Yeah. <laughs> what a milestone. How many have I been on? <laughs> you have been on... 94 episodes, which is still a lot of episodes. Hey, that's that's a pretty good amount. Wait, I'm sorry, I lied. 74. Because it's 27. Okay. 100 minus 27 <laughs> is, is 73 plus the 1 is so 74. A 3 at the end. Yeah, so 74. 74. It's still a decent amount of episodes. That's a good amount of episodes. Oh, yeah, I forgot about 30. Episode 30, yep. Um, yeah. And Josh was on. So Josh still has you outnumbered on episodes. Although it's not exactly 125, it's more like 110. Um, there are a few times that Josh wasn't around. <laughs> you had to bring in, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some some. I other tried hosts. to get him. Yeah, I tried to get him on for this episode, and he was all for it, except for at the last minute, he told me, "Oops, I forgot it's my 10 year anniversary." So I'm like, <laughs> "Oops, you have it out." <laughs> But um, I don't know. Maybe we'll hear from him in the future. We'll find out. Dun, dun, dun. I want to I know how he remembered. Was Gloria like, what are we doing for our 10 years? And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and now I got a bleep. Actually, episode 200. Not bleeping it, but watch your language, Fletcher. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, crap. Oh, poop. Oh, poop. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was what? Five years ago that Kitty got me into podcasts, maybe five and a half. It was a few months after that. Where were we driving? Um, I don't know where we were driving, but I know that Invisibilia. We were definitely in the, the car. It was the Bat episode, Bat Boy episode of Invisibilia. That was the first one. And then yeah. uh, 99% Invisible was the next one. And I'm like, oh, those are those sound kind of cool. So I started listening to podcasts. And then a few months later, Kitty's like, I want to start a podcast. And then if, a year or so after that, I started a podcast without her. She got mad, so I, I got mad about it. <laughs> That's a good idea. I'm going to start a podcast, and you're not going to be on it. So it all worked out at the end. Five, four years later, and did it? She's still not on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty had actually. We've done. Let's see. We've done Kickstarter edition, so that was one. Then you've done Fresh mm-hmm. Baked Books, so you've done three yep. distinct podcasts. Oh, and Dice Tower News, so four distinct podcasts. Yeah. Um, I've only done three because I didn't. 
yeah, I wasn't a fresh baked books participant because I didn't say love enough. So it just didn't work out. Yeah. You couldn't be part of it. <laughs> it was a very short lived. I think there's like 12 episodes. I don't know if they're still out there because I canceled some subscriptions because my sister is bad at commitment. So, <laughs> yep. All good. All good. But yeah, that was like, that ran right in the middle of TGT. It so. was right in the middle. Yep. As was Kickstarter Edition, as was Dice Tower News. Yeah, Kickstarter Edition stemmed out of the fact that half of our podcast started becoming what Kickstarters I bought. So we decided to split that apart. And then Dice Tower News came out of the fact that we were getting tired of spending a lot of money on Kickstarters. So we said, well, we'll do the news. <laughs> and then we ended up doing Kickstarters over there as well. But we didn't feel as obligated to Not buy as much. those ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, we weren't reviewing anything. And even on Kickstarter edition, I think we really slowed down on the reviews and we just like highlighted yeah. what we were so. seeing. But one of the things that we have not done a lot of over the 200 episodes is top 10 lists. And I actually don't know that we've done a top 10 at all. We've done a couple top fives because um, that's more or less that's that's Tom's thing. Let him do his top 10s. And it's hard to do top 10s, but they're also every time we do a top X, they're like the most popular ones. So episode 200, we're doing top 10 list. Um, and we don't have a lot of time. We need to get right into this because this episode's going to be true. long. Um, but these right, are the so rules. Now, well, okay. you have to set up the rules so that everyone's set on the, the same rules. page here. So the top 10 games we want to take, we want to play for all time. So this was Fletcher's name and we've stuck with it. So <laughs> Tigwit Puffat is how we're going to pronounce that. Um, it's better than Desert Island Games. <laughs> well, it's yeah, Desert Chris Island Games. Yeah, call it Desert Island Games. Desert Island Games was fine. Mars Games was the worst, though, because seriously... It was not fine. There's only... We Mars were, it, Games makes the most sense unless you put it in the context of the board does. gaming world, in which case it is the worst. <laughs> yes, that is just a bunch yeah. of games about Mars. So, not doing that either. So, these are the top 10 games. If we only could play these 10 games for the rest of our life, these are those games. As it stands today, um, let's see. This is Thursday, June 18th. We're recording a little bit early. This episode will drop on, I actually wrote this date down, on the 23rd. So June 23rd. As this airs, this will still be valid. Um, these are our rules. These Not necessarily rules. These were the guidelines for making the list. There is no rules to a top 10 list, but these are the guidelines. Um, first thing more is... More of a guideline. More of the guidelines. The first thing is the games, and this isn't really a rule. It's just kind of a baseline the games won't degrade and paper and pencil are plentiful so in general you're not we're not going to pick a game because the components will last forever the components will last forever these games have been made at the highest of quality they're magic um, they're magic we got a deluxe <laughs> they're version. magic games yes it's magic the gathering yep. games the next one's important <laughs> all expansions are available but they're locked in at the time that we end up landing on Mars or wherever this goes in. So it stops. Whatever game we pick, you can't keep getting expansions once you've landed on that desert desert island on Mars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's mix all these Surrounded metaphors. Surrounded by its plentiful water. We yeah. are assuming that there are enough players and players that are interested in the games that we put, picked. So we're not not picking something because we don't think anyone would want to play it. We're coincidentally on an, on an island or a planet that people want to play these games. Incredibly like-minded gamers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and this includes all tabletop games, not just board games. Um, and I say that because it could potentially include role-playing games or card games or those types of things. So anything that 
is played on a table. Um, app assisted is probably fine too. Uh, I don't think that it apply to me, but uh, if, <laughs> if that were a list, it would be fine. So does ping pong count? <laughs> no, no. And I it thought doesn't. I was going to break the rules. <laughs> <laughs> no billiards. Shut up, Smooker Fletcher. You're banned. <laughs> How were your seventy-four episodes? Boom. <laughs> That's all right. I got to keep you around because Josh is very unreliable. Okay. So. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, slam. (laughs) So we're going to do this. um, We were just talking before we press record. We're going to do this dice tower style. So essentially what's going to happen is we're going to go 10 to 1. Uh, We don't know each other's lists. So if there is crossover, we'll talk about the crossover when that game hits on the other person's list. Um, We're just going to do a a brief, you know, why we chose this game, maybe a brief of like, you know, how it plays, but no descriptions, no specific descriptions, because we need to get through 30 games in about an hour. So we're just going to do that. So um, actually, f- let's go Kitty Fletcher me. So Kitty, you are first. Fine. So my number 10, the game that I'm most likely to leave behind. <laughs> but right? most likely to leave behind. Yes. yes. Okay. But wouldn't leave behind so not- because... You love this game, and you want to play it forever. Okay, so this is my weirdest pick. Had a really hard time. I came up with nine games super fast, and then I just like <laughs> sat there like, huh, I don't know. And then this occurred to me, that there was no cost restriction to this list. There was no weight limit. There was nothing like that placed on it. So I decided now would be a great moment to go all in on the Lord of the Rings living card game. Whoa, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, all right. I like this. A game you've never played. Game I've never played. I have done quite a bit of looking into it, research. It seems very interesting to me. I'm assuming I have, you know, like infinite time to do this on Mars or the desert island or wherever it is, you know, like, yeah. why not? And if it never gets played, I have nine other games. <laughs> that, that is fair. <laughs> I like that. All right. All right, Fletcher, what was your number 10 that you quickly sorted just before we press record because he didn't realize the top 10 list was an ordered list. <laughs> Doesn't have to be ordered. You never stated that it had to be ordered. That'd be a top 10 heap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so along with Kitty, this is a game that I've never played, <laughs> but I was thinking along the same lines. Like, there was no cost restriction. There was no, you know, weight limit. You know, there there is no kind of restriction like that. So I put in a question mark at the end of this game. Warhammer? (laughs) (laughs) You said all expansions. Warhammer is a game that I would probably like. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Warhammer universe is coming with you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Warhammer 40,000 or whichever is the newest one. I'm not too up on Warhammer. But Warhammer is is like a, you know, war miniatures game. Then I would probably like actually I'd probably enjoy playing this game. Yeah. But the cost is prohibitive and the space is prohibitive. But if those aren't issues, I could probably get into Warhammer. All right, I'm going to yeah. give you Warhammer: Age of Sigmar because that is the current version of Warhammer. Um, since Warhammer has okay. been discontinued for like seven years now. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's a good one. Um, all right, my number ten, <laughs> I have played. <laughs> so just bucking the trend here. <laughs> and this one originally started at number two. 
And then it dropped down to number 10 when I started thinking, if I were to remove games from the list and still want the other ones on it, which one would I be able to remove first? And that is Pyramid Arcade. So Pyramid Arcade is a box of games. It's a box of pyramids. And there's a bunch of games inside of it. So you get a lot of play out of that one box. But mostly it's because of Homeworlds. And because you can play that in there. Um, I was also thinking you could use the pieces to, you know, pimp out other games as well. But there are 22 games in the box with a few expansions. There's another half a dozen or so. So there's a lot of stuff in there. And you can make up whatever you want with those pyramids. It's yeah. a very versatile game. Yep. So like I said, You're it did end up run dro- out of game there. Yeah, it did drop, end up dropping from t- uh, Space 2 because the other games I have on my list are just, um, I think, more fun to look at. But this is my abstract entry. I've actually put category. This was, oh, I also put ranking, like BGG ranking and rating. So this is ranked 611 on BGG with a 7.9 rating. Um, but yeah, so that's my number 10, Pyramid Arcade. If you don't have, if you haven't checked it out, you should. It's cool. It's expensive for what it is, but not really for what it is, if that makes sense. <laughs> it's $77 for 22 games. Um, but it's, it's, it's a good buy. All right, Kitty. All right. My next choice was Maiden's Quest. Mm. So I decided I wanted to bring um, this is a solo game because I don't always like people. So Mm -hmm. I wanted something I could still play without other people. And I really enjoy this game. I will often um, put together a deck and like just toss it in a deck box in my purse. And so when I have time, I'll pull it out and play with, you know, the play through the scenario i set up and once i get bored of that i go through and i reorganize my scenario and put that in my purse and it's fun it's literally a solo game you can play with one hand it's basically fan solitaire um if you've ever played that but with a theme and monsters and more going on and it's really fun all right okay fletcher have you played this game (laughs) um yes so the way I was originally going to do this was my number one game is kind of a cheat. Um, but <laughs> depending on what you allow or don't allow, it might, it might move to number nine. So I don't know if you want me to like, just let's do it as you are. We'll give to number one. If it's a cheat, then we'll just invalidate your entire list. <laughs> okay, cool. So my number, number one nine might also have be right a cheat, now. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Number nine, as I have it right now, is Settlers of Catan. Um, basically, it's just an old standby. People love this game that aren't really even into board games that much. Um, and there's just a lot of like replayability built into this game, I guess. And it's fairly quick. I guess it's not that quick, but like it's like what, 45 minutes. Yeah, it's not that game long. Or so. Especially if you're playing the same game over and over, you can get pretty fast at this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, just an old standby. So that's why that's number nine. I think it's a good choice. Like I said, it's been around forever. Yeah. I still enjoy playing. I mean, I don't pull it off the shelf. I go to it for other games. But if somebody wants to play it, I enjoy playing this game. I would still play right. it today. Exactly. Uh, that's my whole thought process is like, I don't know if it gets a lot of off the shelf time, but like people pull it out and like, let's play Settlers of Catan. I'm like, cool, let's do it. Yep. I like it. All right. So my number nine is my solo and slash co-op entry into my top <laughs> 10 list and it's originally started at number two on my list it is ranked number 20 overall at bgg with an 8.2 rating and that's arkham horror the living card game and the reason actually i think this was number three um 
I just said Primrose Cave <laughs> was number two. The reason I dropped this down to number nine was not because I don't think this game has lasting appeal. It certainly does. But the release schedule and, and getting new content on a regular basis is part of what keeps driving me back to the game. So I was a little bit like, well, if that wasn't there, would the game still last for me forever? Um, and like I said, I think it would, but it wouldn't have the same amount of luster. So that's why it went from, I mean, it's one of my top five of all time favorite games, but this is why it's so low on this list. Because if I couldn't get any more content, that it would be more of an issue. And that's Arkham Horror, the card game, which is amazing. And everyone should play it. And yeah, it's just really good. Maybe not everyone. But if you like these kinds <laughs> of story-based character development card games, you know, if you like Arkham Horror, you should play it. All right, Kitty, you're number three or number Which is seven. actually number eight. Eight. Number Which eight. Number, well, yeah, math, number eight. reverse math is really hard. Number eight. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like number your list this way, uh, Chris? Come on. I need to get Eric somewhere on here and say, number eight. Although he doesn't actually do the, the number <laughs> voices. That was number the eight. Time. Oh, that's good. All right, what do you got? Tournament at Camelot. So this is oh. one of my favorite trick-taking games. Uh, I really, really enjoy playing this, and I would say it's one of my harder games to find people to play with. So, once again, the rules of this were like, now I suddenly have a group that will play Tournament of Camelot with us <laughs> in this theoretical world. I'm psyched. So, they're interested is, in this game. <laughs> um, Arthurian legend themed trick-taking game where everyone has a character with unique powers that affects their um, how they take tricks and what their abilities are. And I really enjoy it. It can play three to five players with a trick-taking game, so it's not as predictable as trick-taking games where you can only play with four players and every single card is played every time. You never know exactly what's in people's hands, so it's a little more mystery to it. It's a little bit more fun, a little bit more replayable to me. But yeah, and this is a 7.2 on BGG, ranked 1,836. <laughs> <laughs> That's not too bad. I mean, honestly, <laughs> you don't get into bad. the bad games until you're past 10,000. So um, yeah, my lowest rated, I forgot to tell you guys, Maiden's Quest is a 7.0 with uh, 4,103. That's so, just. That was my lowest rated. That, that can also go on your best underrated games, apparently. I really enjoy it. I think it's just not very well known. Yeah, it's just a tiny little WizKids game that a lot of people just look past. It's like a deck of cards. You can really easily overlook it. So yep. check it out if you haven't. And you like solo gaming, solitaire. It's fun. All right, Fletcher, what is your number eight? Uh, my number eight, uh, along the same vein of Settlers of Catan, is Sushi Go Party. This is probably the game that can play the most people. most people can play on my list. Um, and I basically just wanted like a larger party game on this list that like a bunch of people can play. Um, and this is rated 7.2 and 179 on BGG. I think this is a good one. I I don't yeah. know yet because we haven't done the full list whether or not I put a party game on my on my thing. Um, <laughs> but I think when you're trapped on a desert island on Mars, you don't know how many people are going to be there. So <laughs> having a game that accommodates higher player counts is a good idea. Right. Exactly. Have as many people as you can. Exactly. <laughs> if you only two solo games, you're by yourself. <laughs> Good point. Um, all right. So my number eight, uh, I wanted a, 
I was I when I was making this list, I was really looking at different categories of games and kind of picking my favorite categories and then picking my favorite games within those categories. So this category for here are deck building games. And there were a number, like Dominion obviously is is a front runner on this. Um Hero Realms is a front runner. But the one I ended up going with was Thunderstone Quest, which is just a massive amount of content. I like Thunderstone. Thunderstone <laughs> and um, Ascension are the ones that came out right after Dominion. And Thunderstone took Dominion and took a lot of the gameplay elements where you're picking cards and you have the same pool and all that, but just put a fantasy theme on it. And I really like that. And then Thunderstone Quest is, ha- is like the third iteration of it, which will has co-op options as well, but there's just a lot going on, and I like the deck building of this. So if I had to have one deck builder forever, I think this would be that deck builder, and that is my number eight. Oh, and it's ranked it's ranked 334 with an 8.0 um, rating, so it's, you know, other people agree with me. All right, Kenny, number seven. Number seven is, I was doing kind of the same thing, kind of picking a game within each category, sort of. Um, but I picked very different categories than you. And I was unable to keep myself from picking multiples in categories. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is my party game. So I chose Insider for my number seven. Wow. I and was going to try what? to guess when you said party game. And this is not the one I would have guessed. I would have guessed Telestrations. <laughs> so Telestrations, I feel like, gets kind of old. Okay. And I was really torn between Insider and Detective Club. They're okay. both really fun, um, right on the line between social and deduction games, where you have information, but it's not quite as structured as something like Burke's Gambit or Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. Those are more rule heavy. This is like right on the border where I enjoy, you have enough information to guess things without feeling like you're just blindly accusing people, but you still have the social aspect of it where, you know... Well, Sydney got really giggly. Does that mean she knows what's going on? Or does it, I don't know. Like, (laughs) is it just that, like, you know, Jen doesn't know what that is? Is that, was she a bad insider? Because this is a weird word. I don't know. You know, it's fun. So, yeah. And I was my choice. Yeah. So, if you can't get a hold of insider, where words is similar. Insider is better than where words. Where words is not a great game. Insider is a great game. So Werewoods took Insider and somehow made it more gamey and also lost something in the in the in doing that. It also feels like it should be easier with the app, but the app is very clunky. I had a hard time yeah. running it with uh, Well, yeah. But I uh, this, this is a great choice. So that's right, so uh, 7.1 1033 on BGG. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So far, I'm I'm impressed with your guys' list. Uh, Fletcher, prove me wrong. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> prove me wrong. I think you like this game, Chris. So when I was first trying to fill this slot, I was thinking, you know what's a like a pretty good game that I like is Splendor. But I was like, oh, a better Splendor is actually Century Golem Edition. Ooh. So I went with Century Golem Edition for my number seven slot. Kind of also like an easier to play, like fun game that, you know, I definitely could play over and over again. Yeah, I 100% approve of this game. It's a good one. Really fun. It, yep. Um, and it's a uh, 7.7 and rated 217 or ranked 217. That's like actually a really good ranking for that, too. Yeah, I yeah. like it. All right. So for my number seven, um, I put a Euro game in this slot. 
And there were a what? bunch of Euro games that I was looking at here. Um, Viticulture and Anachrony oh. were front runners, but they did not make the I cut. I guess Viticulture. <laughs> I was wrong. Um, instead, uh, Great Western Trail. I love this game. I It just does so much. There's a deck building aspect. There's a tableau building aspect. There's um, a rondelle action selection track that doesn't seem like a rondelle, but it really is. Um, there's just a <laughs> lot going on. It's point salad. It, it's like you never know who's going to win until the end. There's just so much here that I really, really enjoy. Um, and BGG agrees with me. This is actually ranked number 10 on BGG. This is the highest game on my list as far as rankings are concerned for BGG. Um, and it has an 8.3 um, rating overall for whatever rating we chose. I think we chose the average. Whatever shows up when you click on the page itself is the is the rating we're going after. The little blue hexagon. <laughs> yep. Um, it actually changes colors depending on how high it's rated. But yeah, that's the one. Oh, really? Yep. So yeah, so that's Great Western Trail. I still love it. I haven't played it with the expansion yet, but I'm trapped on a desert island on Mars, so the expansion's coming out. We know this. <laughs> All right. Number six. Speaking of games with expansions I don't normally play, but I thought, hey, you know, there's a ton of content <laughs> there. <laughs> this is my classic game for my list, and that is Carcassonne. All right. Which... I love the base game, and I'd be happy to play that forever. But also, if you get bored, it's got like 12 or something expansions that you can explore and decide you don't want to play and just keep playing the base game over and over like I normally do. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a great choice. Great choice. And it does. Mm -hmm. It really goes along with the Catan. It's like the classic. People still just love playing right. this game. Yep. And there's also a ton of expansions for Catan, too, just like Carcassonne. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it fits in the same sort of category that Catan would fit in, but I like the puzzly tiling aspect. This one is a 7.4 and ranked 170 on BGG. Nice. All right, Fletcher. All right, so for my next one, I picked a bit, a bit of a heavier game. Um, I'm going to go with Scythe. Ooh. Um, yeah, I like this game a lot. Um, it kind of fills that same role a little bit as um, maybe like terraforming Mars, but I picked this one over terraforming Mars because you have a little bit more of like player combat. If you want to play that way where terraforming Mars is not really like that. Um, it's more like a race between players as opposed to like direct combat between players that you can do in scythe, or you can just kind of ignore that if you're not super into it. Um, but this is rated 8.0, um, and ranked number 11. Yeah. I, I, again, you guys are picking fantastic this games. almost made my list. I had this, and I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. This would totally be like on Spencer's list, though. Yeah. And well, I think and I was feeling like I should pick shift. it because Spencer enjoys it so much. But he has his own 10 games he can bring. <laughs> yeah, there were there were a few games that I didn't pick because I'm like, ah, uh, Sydney would pick those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. So my number six is yep. this is my social deduction category um so we haven't actually had any overlap yet which is fascinating i think Weird. as we get into the <laughs> upper we might start to see overlap especially maybe in this one maybe? i think so um so this one my social deduction game is battlestar galactica um ranked never number 72 on bgg with a 7.7 .7 rating and battlestar we've talked about it a number of times um it is social deduction 
but completely gamified. And so there is no, there's a little bit of accusation that you're a silent, you're not a silent, those types of things. More deduction than social. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's not an attacky game. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just the game mechanics play into the theme so well. And it is so depressing that this game will never be reprinted. Um, I know. But if you want something that has less theme and less hard and less fun, um, Dark Moon is the one you're looking for. It's the Battlestar Light version. But um, Battlestar Galactica, that is my number six. All right. Another one that will be on Spencer's list. Exactly. (laughs) Number five. So this is my, I don't know. Actually, hold on before you I say that. Terrence actually made a made a comment on um, Battlestar saying, I'm surprised no one has reskinned it without the IP. And to be completely honest, I'm a little surprised as well, but I also don't know if the game would work as well without the IP. But as f- the further we get away from Battlestar Galactica being that cult, you know, cultural fad, I think we're already far enough away. Maybe it could work without the IP. Maybe you could put it, um, theme it in a different way. But all right. Anyway, you're number five. Azul. Ah, so an abstract. This is a uh, abstract, um, puzzly. It feels almost like you're solo gaming with other people. Um, you're doing your own thing. Yes, there's interaction on what you're picking in the center, but you're very focused on your own board, and that's my jam. So the interaction <laughs> is basically just being upset because <laughs> someone took your tile that you really wanted. Yeah, and then getting over it and picking a different tile. Yeah. <laughs> So this is a 7.8 and number 43 on BGG. All right. Fletcher. So my next game is Blood Rage. Um, I chose this so I could make Kitty super angry and I want to see her flip a table. Uh, (laughs) I'll never do it again. I know that one. I saw it come out and I was like, oh, that's the monster. So I've actually only played this game a couple of times. It just like stuck with me that I really like this game. Um, and it's apparently a lot of other people do too for good reason. Because uh, it's rated 8.0 and ranked number 32 on BGG. Yeah, it is a quality, quality game. Um, yeah, real yeah. good. Yep. So my number five. Still no overlap? Still no overlap. Uh, and honestly, <laughs> uh, my top five are maybe, I don't think you guys... Yeah, there'll be there'll be at least one or two overlaps in the top five. But this one I don't think <laughs> I don't think any of you picked this one. <laughs> um my number five is Gizmos. Uh yeah, this this falls <laughs> into my uh kind of that gateway casual type of game, but I think it's one of the most fun engine builders out there. Like you're just basically you know, drawing marbles so you can buy cards, so you can create more cooler combos when you buy marbles and you pull out marbles <laughs> or take different actions. And every time I play this game, I just, it's, I love it. And it's, it's always different because the cards in the marketplace, you're never going to have the same combinations at any given point. And I, I say, I don't, this game to me is very underrated, although it is ranked 315 on BGG. So it's very high uh, with an overall 7.5 rating. But yeah, Gizmos looks cool, easy to learn, easy to play, and fun little engine builder. All right. We are now in the top four games. So these ones, we can spend a little bit more time going into why they're so highly rated by us. and Why why is this the game? You were down to four games, Kitty. What is the fourth game you would bring? So this one has been a big hit with us recently, and it's really fun. That me and Spencer um, played just us 
and that is Fox and the Forest. And this is a two-player trick-taking game. So I got multiple trick-taking games on my list. Don't worry. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy the... I really love playing this with Spencer. This is a really fun game for the two of us. His family is huge into playing spades, another trick-taking game. So this is a really fun thing that we can do, just us, that feels reminiscent of something that he really enjoys that we don't get to play as often because you have to have four adults willing to play spades to get that experience. So this one, it has like special powers for some of the cards that allow them to do different things so that it stays interesting. It's not just who has the better hand wins. You have to really play your cards right. And um, we're pretty evenly matched in this, which is really fun. It's really hard when somebody's really good at something. You never want to play them. So this is my Kitty and Spencer game for Mars. Is this and a two-player only? Seven point three two-player only. Yes, and it's seven point three four zero one on BGD. I I have yet to play this, but we're not going to call it your trick-taking game. We're going to call it your two-player game. How's that? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of overlapping categories. They could be many things, but you know. I know what I like. What can I say? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. When I was looking at categories, I'm like, oh, I really like both of these games, but they also kind of do the same thing. And if I have infinite time to play only 10 games, I want to split it up as much as I can. Yeah. So, all right. Fletcher, what is your number four? My number four. I'm surprised we have no overlap yet, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> My number four is Wingspan. Um, I have overlap. a feeling Everybody knows this is going to overlap with someone. <laughs> um yeah everybody knows wingspan uh it's a great game the artwork is beautiful the components are great though i guess like um in this magical land like the components never degrade or anything like that but still like the artwork is great the gameplay is super fun um i just want to seal kitty's version um (laughs) she's the only one that has it but yeah which is rated seven point yeah seven point nine and ranked number 19 yeah, so I have BGG all the upgraded rating. components and stuff, though. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> Best gifts. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, so when we talk about the ratings on BGG, we want to take a quick break here. Um, 7.9 is where Wingspan is, but it's rated much higher than many of the others. So like, you know, Arkham the Horror Kite, well, that's not a good example, but like Thunderstone Quest is rated 8.0, but it's at 334. Um, the way that the ratings work on BGG is it's not only how many people like it and what the rating is that people give it. It's also how many people rate it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what ends up happening is it gets pre-filled with like X number of 5.0 ratings. So everything's kind of pulled to the center until that has enough ratings that starts pulling it away from that, you know, push to the center thing. And to that effect, it's, you can't have anything that's rated 10.0. It just doesn't exist. Um, unless you're looking at the geek rating versus the BGG rating, which is separate. The geek rating is the rating without the weightedness. So there's a lot of controversy over how BGG does their ratings. It doesn't really matter. It's just kind of fun to know how it you know, stacks up against other things. So my number four, um, I'm going to spoil right now. Keyforge is not on this list. And I'm going to say Keyforge is not on this list. <laughs> Because one of the things that makes Keep Forge like really fun is it is the new content that can get introduced into it. Um, if you just have to play the same mm-hmm. decks over and over and over, it's it's not that interesting. But I do like competitive head to head 
card games. Um, I'm not a huge fan of deck builders, and I'm not playing the, well, Magic the Gathering because I can bring everything with me type of thing. Um, no, that's not that I would even want that anyway. Um, but there is one game out there that satisfies the deck building itch, is a great head-to-head co-op, or not co-op, um, competitive card game that can play up to four as well. And I just adore this game, and that is Codex. Codex is a collectible card game deck builder-ish thing in a box where you pick three different aspects, more or less. And then on each of your turns, you're going to take two cards to add to your base deck. And it's, um, it's synchronous, so you are asynchronous. I take my turn, you take your turn. It's like Keyforge, where when it's my turn, I do Chris, you should know this. (laughs) Asynchronous. It's just sort of depending on... It's synchronous if, like, I go do my stuff, you do your stuff. It's asynchronous because I do my stuff, you do your... It's a very funky definition when you're talking about games. But in any case, um, there's no interaction (laughs) on your turn. So it's not like... No one can see my skeptical face right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... It plays like Keyforge. Or it plays like... um, um, What's this... The, the app, the Hearthstone or something like that, where, right? You don't, there's no interactions. Um, and it just doesn't, everything you need is all in the, well, with the expansions, it's all in the box and you have a ton of replayability mm-hmm. and a ton of stuff that goes on here. So Codex was not normally would appear on a list, but if I only have one competitive card game for the rest of my life, this is the one I would choose because this is the one that gives me the most options with what comes in the game. We went through a huge Codex phase for a while. It's because it's so good. Yeah, and it was really fun. And I remember you were all, this was one where you kept trying to make like, everyone says this combination doesn't work. So I'm going to only play this combination until I can get it to work. That was like, and I never did. (laughs) No, you you did not. (laughs) I really wanted to get it to work too. I really, really, really did. It just couldn't make it happen. But now I'm on Mars, so I can, I can have another shot at it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and it's it is ranked. Um, I think this this is not the lowest rank. No, this is the lowest ranked on my list. This is ranked uh, one thousand one hundred and twenty eight. It is rated eight point one though. Um, so it just doesn't have. Hmm. I just don't think people really Enough knew too people. much about it. Yeah, it's not a very well known game. We had um, oh my David. God, I'm his name, and I feel so bad. Serlin. Yes. Okay, between the two of us, we got there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we had we did an interview with him back when we tried to have like multiple people do interviews, and it was terrible because we couldn't hear each other. We all kept talking over each other. But yeah. he but was it our was second really ever interview. Yeah. Yes, really fun. You should go look up Chris when that was. Yeah, and you can still get Codex. Is now. it still in the feed? Um, or did the is. side chats get dropped? Uh, I, you know, something I'm not 100 percent sure. They will be on Patreon soon. If it is yeah. not, so it'll be there. You'll be able to see it over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be doing some restructuring for the back episodes so I can get our current stream um, a little bit more streamlined. But yeah, it was it was a good interview um, and it's a great game. It's actually it's a card game based on real time strategy games. So there's a lot of those elements in there mm-hmm. um, where you're attempting to build buildings to get better. And yeah, it's just ah, I, it's, I'm going to play it over the next few weeks. Just because now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, yeah, I got to get this back to the table. Sometimes, like, things filter out and you forget how much you really enjoyed them until you start talking about it. And you're like, oh, why don't I play that more now? Yeah. We need to do more top ten lists, apparently. (laughs) All right. Kitty number three. This is where I had Wingspan. 
So uh, our first <laughs> overlap. First, yeah. First overlap. Hooray. We already covered wingspan. I love the birds. I love the art. Once again, you're focused mostly on what's in front of you. Not a lot of take that messing with other people. Just, you know, focus on your own thing. And I love the many different ways to score and how it always feels like there's something good to do. I never look at my board and wingspan and go like, oh, I don't have anything to do. My bigger problem is when I'm like, I have too many choices I can make. So I like that <laughs> I in a game. I can't do everything. And that's the sign of a good game. Yeah. I want to do everything, but I can't. So I have to make meaningful sh- decisions. Have to choose something. I have to focus. Yeah. And if I don't, I'm going to lose. <laughs> yeah. And there's... So the first expansion's already out. The next expansion uh, should be out soon. I think it's like Oceanic Birds or something along those lines. Um, yeah, that sounds right. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing more of this when we're out of, you know, apocalypse mode. And we can hang out and play some wingspan. <laughs> Apocalypse mode. <laughs> All right. Fletcher, what is your number three? So my number three, uh, it jumped to the top of the list because I talked about it last week just a little bit. And then I was like, you know what? I should pull the game off the shelf and, and play it again. And I did. And I really enjoyed it. And maybe it's just high on my list because, um, you know, I just started playing it again and you know, I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I want to play it some more. But my number three is Star Trek Frontiers. Good which, choice. Yeah. Which is like the Mage Knight reskin, essentially. But a lot of people seem to think that even though it's basically a mage skin, a, a reskin of Mage Knight, <laughs> it's actually done better than the original. Mage skin mage sounds skin. like a terrifying game. <laughs> mage skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, but yeah, there's... There's a solo ver- there's a solo mode that you can play, there's a co-op mode that you can play, there's you know a PVP mode that you can play. There's a you know there's like 10 scenarios built in with different kind of end goals and objectives. So lots of lots of uh, variety in this game. Yeah, I think that what they ended up doing with Star Trek Frontiers is they streamlined Mage Knight a little bit. Like Mage Knight's a great game. It's been well, I think it's number 2 now as far as solo games. I think Spirit Island has um passed it, but um the the little the minor changes they made to it really seem to be well received. Uh, there's still a lot of people who just love Mage Knight though, and even Mage Knight the Deluxe Edition. I think there was a few rules in there that became optional rules based on what Star Trek Frontiers ended up doing. So, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with this. I think that's a fantastic game. Uh, still no and this overlap. Is rated, um, yeah, no overlap. But it's rated seven point nine and ranked seven fifty four on BGG. Yeah, and I'm wondering, actually, my next one will get to the more questionable rating and ranking. So, um, and this is not, again, I have no overlap (laughs) with either of you guys yet. So, this one is Eclipse, Second Dawn for the Galaxy. This is my Space 4X game that has to go out there, and I love this game. It, Eclipse, um, what is the, the original one? I think it's just like, Dawn of the Galaxy or something like that. I don't know. Um, Eclipse is rated 42 on BGG with a 7.9 rating. This one's rated 1,267. So it's actually lower than Codex with an 8.7 rating. So, but the problem is where original Eclipse has like 25,000 ratings, this one has less than a thousand. Um, and I just don't know that people are going back and checking out the second edition. But the second edition is far superior to the first edition. I tried playing the first edition. I couldn't do it. I just like, oh, I can't do this. Um, but Eclipse, Second Dawn for the Galaxy. Uh, you 
essentially are going around. You're a space civilization that is trying to get to, I think it's a point-based game. I don't know. I just love like getting the technologies and building my ships and like going out and destroying new stuff. And even at two players, this is great, <laughs> but it plays up to six players. Um, uh, I, yeah. And for this one, Zaya was on the potential to being like, well, maybe Zaya could fall in this, but this Eclipse is just a much tighter game. And then there's some other ones like Star Trek uh, Ascension, which is not, I guess, a Star Trek game. It's fine. But again, it's just, eh, there's too much downtime in that one. And TI4, I, I still haven't played a Twilight Imperium game. So I guess if you're trapped on Mars, though, that's the time to play Twilight Imperium. Maybe it's um, the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I am going to stick with Eclipse. That is my number three. And I love it. All right, now we're getting down to the wire here. Kitty, number two, your second most coveted game of all. This is where I diverge from, I think, more typical games. And my number two is Pathfinder. Um, So the Pathfinder role-playing game. Yes, the Pathfinder role-playing game. Uh, We can limit me to first edition if that's what we, you know have to do but i assume i get all of the adventure path books the pawns <laughs> the maps everything <laughs> you can have everything you want <laughs> everything i want um you know i had to pick pathfinder because you know how else am i going to taunt chris and i think you need a <laughs> role-playing game to come with you because they're they have so much replayability there's so much flexibility there even if i have all the adventure paths i can choose not to use them just make a total homebrew and make my own thing and you can move them through worlds and planes and existence. And, you know, it's just, it's a set of rules that you can use however you want. And all right. It's I, I'm, gi- I'm giving you all the books, all the really, resources, really crunchy rules, <laughs> but I'm not giving you any computers. So you're going to have to make your characters manually. <laughs> no hero lab doesn't exist on Mars. <laughs> nope. It does not. And I am not ever DMing this for you ever again. <laughs> <laughs> you already established that on Earth. We need to go to yes. a different planet or island to make it clear that you will not DM for us anymore in the Pathfinder yep. world. But I will say, on Earth or Mars, if you want to DM this game for us, I will happily break it. I mean, play it with you. So <laughs> <laughs> It's only fun if everyone's trying to break it. <laughs> yes, that. So true. So true. Um, yeah, I think this is the first one where I'm like, nope, nope, this doesn't even make my top 10,000. <laughs> this is, this is on the top 10 list of games that I should burn, even though you shouldn't burn books. Um, but no, all right. I, but at the same time, I respect the genre and I respect what you're going for here. And for that, I can, I can be like, okay, I would play it with you. I just wouldn't DM it. <laughs> All right, Fletcher. Let's not pick Pathfinder. <laughs> yeah, it's not Pathfinder, but it's kind of Pathfinder. It's D and D, of course. <laughs> See, I had to pick Pathfinder uh, I probably... because I knew somebody was going to pick D and D. Yeah, fifth edition. <laughs> uh, what? Oh, fourth edition. Yeah, Four, you mean, I mean fifth edition? Probably right? almost any of fifth. them. What? Fifth edition is the most current one. Oh, fifth edition. Yeah, that's right. Fifth edition. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'd go with 5th edition. I would honestly play any of them, except for maybe like the very first one, because I've done AD&D onward, but probably 5th edition is where I would land. Um, I but would yeah, play just in- everything that Kitty said is like, 
Yeah, except applied to a good game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he said he would play yeah. any of the D&Ds, and Pathfinder is basically 3.5. So. Uh, yeah, well, I, I said I played yeah. the D&Ds except for 3.x. Those I will not play <laughs> D&D 3.3. No, I just won't do it. <laughs> Christopher Dong mentions that I should um, take a look at Traveler, uh, which is, oh, it's, it's, it's a sci-fi role-playing game. And it's the only role-playing game that I know of where your character can die in character creation. That's how convoluted this game is. <laughs> I would think if you were going to go for it, you'd stick with your theme and pick a Call of Cthulhu or Delta Green. Go well, with your we'll Lovecraftian. <laughs> we will find out. But I do... I'd be shocked if you picked either of those. <laughs> I have not. But I do agree... Um, <laughs> I, I agree with having a role-playing game uh, on the planet. Like, you got to have it. And I do think that D&D 5e is probably the most uh, elegant, streamlined, flexible of all the systems. I mean, 4e brought me into D&D. I played the originals. I hated every system of D&D up until 4th edition. But um, <laughs> 5e really did. Um, it, it, it's a great game. It's yeah, the most accessible and streamlined. It's very yep. player-friendly. Yep. And yeah. DM-friendly. Which is more important to me. Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) My number two. um, And this is a um, crossover. And it Mm -hmm. is Scythe. Scythe is my number two. Scythe. Yep. Uh, A reason, one of the reasons for So, A, I love the, it has a light tableau building mechanic. So, as you power up, your tableau gets better. Like, your your actions get better. Um, Area control, resource management has all of that going in there um but it also with all the expansions it introduces campaigns it introduces variable boards there's a ton of new things you can do but even the base game by itself i could play that over and over and over when you start adding like i think there's six expansions to the thing and you just have an endless amount of ways you can play this game um so i and this is actually one of the reasons viticulture didn't make it to the list because i'm like i can't have two stonemeyer games on my list <laughs> um it's an unwritten rule so but yeah my number yeah, two Fletcher broke it <laughs> yeah exactly uh yeah my number two is scythe all right now we're to the number ones and we're, we're doing great on time too because i need a few minutes at the end of the episode to talk about the future <laughs> um so kitty what is your all-time number one must-have game if trapped in the middle of a desert island, no matter where that desert island is at? So this is where you might yell at me for cheating. <laughs> because it's a deck of cards. So a deck Just of cards deck of is your cards. number one? Okay. Yeah. Deck of cards is not a game, unless <laughs> it is a game. I mean, we're just going to we're gonna say spades. No, because I mean, then I'm limited actually, to play... I, I, you can play... Hundreds of thousands of games it's, with a deck of playing cards. It's a hundred percent valid. It's in a box. <laughs> yeah, it's a hundred percent valid. But I am going to say, what game? What would be your go-to game more often than not with this deck of cards? <sighs> Just to put a game there. I don't know. I have to think about it. All it right. wouldn't be spades. That would be Spencer's. <laughs> that would be Spencer's. Come back to me. <laughs> All right, I'm going to come back to you okay, right after. Well, I'll go. All right. So I did this the correct way. My number one. <laughs> is cribbage because i'm smuggling in a deck of cards to play cribbage because i actually like cribbage i would play that game and using those deck of cards i could play literally hundreds of other games so if we're like sticking like with the rules like i could only use that deck of cards to play cribbage then it would move to number nine 
if I can smuggle in a bunch of other games with it, then it is number one. No, you're, you are fine. Cribbage is a fine number one. The fact that you can break down the components and reconstruct, that does not break any rules. Although, Kitty not naming a specific game. Pyramid Arcade doesn't. (laughs) Well, that's what I said. It's like Pyramid Arcade. uh, There's like specific games in there that I would bring that for. But you have to pick a game. Some game that would be your go-to. Rummy 500. All right. That is a fine game. And actually a game I I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. You guys. It's a fun one. It's like a set collection game. Yep. I am calling that overlap. You guys have both overlapped on Deck of Cards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. So my number one is, again, another crossover. Uh, you guys tarot an adventure, I guess? d and I was going to say D&D, Fifth Ed. D&D. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> this is almost like saying deck of cards, honestly. Um, the way I see... Yeah. Almost. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where it's a toolkit where you can basically do anything, right? Uh, in fact, one of the reasons why Arkham Horror went so low on the list is because if I have D&D, I can reconstruct all of that if I really want to. Um, the reason that things like Gloomhaven or any of the story-based board games didn't really make it to the list is because I can do that all in D&D and a whole lot more. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That was my whole thought process as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and it just, there's so much... It, if you're a board gamer and you've never played a role-playing game, really check it out because it's different than like Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven, you know, it's a role-playing game in a box. Yeah, 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 sure. It's still just, it's, I don't want to say just a board game. It's a fantastic board game, but it's still a board <laughs> game, right? It's still structured. You're still yeah. following through the story that's pre-written for you. When you can do anything, You have only certain actions you can take. Right. That's the real thing is you're really limited by the cards in your hand of what you can do. Yeah. Whereas but when you're... D&D or Pathfinder. Yeah, you can do yep. anything. Yep. And you can go it, super strict, follow the rules, or you can go like total swashbuckler. I want to jump off the wall and flip over and do this. And it's up to the GM just like, arbitrary. okay, well, that's going to be hard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or like, that's cool. So I give you advantage. You know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. There's just it's there's so game. much you can do with it. And I can't imagine being trapped someplace where I couldn't play a role-playing game of some sort. In fact, if I was trapped on Mars with a group of five people and myself, and we had no games, we would build a role-playing game. That's what we would do. Because why not? Until we run out of potatoes, that's what we're going (laughs) to (laughs) play. You'll never run out of potatoes, because you'll just have to grow them in your own poop. You just have, yep. Which then you eat them, and it makes more poop. It's it's a fantastic system. So those if I learned anything are... from the Martian. It's all about poop potatoes. <laughs> exactly. Notice that there were no Mars games on our list at all. None. <laughs> None. <laughs> nope. Um, but there, there's a currently a Kickstarter for the Mars big box. Um, so you can store all of your your uh, terraforming Mars big box. So you can store all of your stuff in there, which also comes with 3D tiles, a bunch of card sleeves, a whole bunch of stuff that makes all the components amazing. Actual metal cubes. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Terraforming Mars. I'm pretty sure I'm going to back this because I think with quality components, <laughs> I would actually like the game more because it felt like I was playing well, a prototype. Like a statement. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just saying the the original game felt like you're playing a prototype. Everything was so flimsy and like, um, I just, I don't know. It'd be, it's more immersive. statement I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh all right, does so that's our top ten. Is one of your ten? Um, does for the well, year? Uh, 
It'll be an expansion. Is it? You can't count expansion. I was going to say, does it count as an expansion <laughs> if it's the base game but bigger? <laughs> no, it doesn't even include the base game. It only includes a box and a bunch of like plastic components. <laughs> and it's $100. And if you want all the extra oh, stuff that even the more components, it's like uh, 200 and some odd dollars. It's ridiculous. Which is why I have not. Chris, you're buying yet. plastic. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm very aware. I have a thread on BGG right now talking about how you paint it because it's like multicolored plastics that are put together. So it's like some parts of it you might want to paint, but other parts you want to keep what it looks like. So yeah. Um, anyway, these are the games that we want to play for all time. Our top 10 list for this 50. I think every 50 episodes we do one of these or something like that. <laughs> Um, all right. So in 200 episodes, we have only missed one week. Totally Kitty's fault. Um, yes. <laughs> I take full responsibility. <laughs> um, so, but Kitty is having a baby in, I don't know, a week, two tops? Uh, um, 10 hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've been having contractions bets. this entire time? Uh, just like three <laughs> <laughs> all right so about 20 minutes apart you're still good um yep. and nothing we're, we're, nothing exciting yet but we'll see um no more than a week from tomorrow all right so that is before the next episode would air yeah yes so or no um yes yeah because this no. one isn't airing till tuesday yes so past tuesday yeah this one so is airing on tuesday. i could still yeah. be pregnant podcast by friday you will be pregnant when this episode airs but not for the one that comes after this episode maybe maybe probably we'll find out anyway follow twitter um (laughs) we're using this as an excuse um because it's not the main reason but it's actually a super coincidental the 200th episode second child so toddler good reason these are all good reasons um and the fact that you know, we've been doing this for a very long time. We are going to go on a hiatus for, and this is going to sound like a ton of time, for two months. Um, so for the next eight weeks, you are, the feed's not going dark. And we've already pre-recorded a bunch of content, so you will still be hearing new content from us over the next eight weeks. Um, spoiler alert, Josh will be part of all of the new content. So all four <laughs> of us um, were involved in this. And what we're doing is we're doing uh, flashbacks to some of our favorite episodes. So we picked we picked eight episodes that we really like. I will be in introducing each episode in real time. So if it's something comes up, I, I'll let you know when Kitty's baby is born. I'll let you know um, when episode two hundred one is coming up because we're doing something super special for that one. Um, and then after the episode, we have we're going to be looking back and talking about that episode. So hopefully it'll be very fun. It was very fun for us to do. Um, in the last month, we've recorded uh, 12 episodes approximately, um, somewhere around that <laughs> range. So it's been a lot of recording to get ready for this. Um, and then episode 201, which is going to air on August 25th, which again, I know sounds like a long, long, long way away. Um, it'll fly by, I promise, because these episodes, we re-listened to each one of them, and then we did a commentary on them. And... We entertained ourselves, so either we're very narcissistic, <laughs> or these are good episodes. So you know these these are good. Um, but episode two hundred one, pick the worst eight episodes we could find. <laughs> yes, the absolute trash. Tore them apart. <laughs> um, so, but in episode two hundred one, 
uh, again, August 25th. And I'll remind you as you go through, like I said, where the stream, the stream's not going dark. Um, we're just not recording brand new content. We're just, um, commenting on older stuff. And it's leftovers. <laughs> it's the leftover episodes. Rewarmed. <laughs> Rewar- Dressed up with some Rewarmed new sauce. Episodes. Um, again, episode 201. <laughs> One of my biggest, uh, like, not doing new episodes for two months is going to kill me, I, I think. It's also going to re-energize us because um, we want to make sure that <laughs> we keep the energy going and such. Uh, but that's why I'm like, I'm going to introduce you. I'm still going to be doing editing on all this stuff. I'm not getting a break. Fletcher and Kitty are getting getting breaks. Episode 201. We couldn't stop it. Break. We tried. <laughs> yeah. We want to bring the listeners back. So that's my biggest regret is we have great listeners listening to us now and the live listening, like this is something I really want to keep going. Um, and I want that to be successful. So I'm going to bribe all of you. 825. <laughs> anyone who's in our live audience, when we start the episode and or when we end the episode, will be entered into a $100 gift card drawing that we will draw and give away live during that um well, after the episode's done airing, but we're gonna we'll do that live for our live listeners, and I'm doing that so that we can bring mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people in and just restart this live thing because I love seeing like right now we have Christopher, Courtney, Eric, Michael, um, Miles, Rob, Terrence all in here, and I mean last week we had like 20 people uh, listening, right? And I want to keep that going, so like I say we're gonna we're gonna pay you to come back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here, take so, money to hang out with us. That's yes. the real way we get people to play these games with us on Mars, I think, too. Exactly. It's the but secret. Episode, yeah, in episode 201, uh, there will be some changes, but they're not going to be significant. So what we discovered by listening back to this is we've actually changed a lot of things over the There's last There's no more years. Chris. No more Chris. I'm out. Um, I've been voted off the island. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Flies uh, style, we took over. <laughs> yeah. And I was actually going to edit I all these. The conk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate you people. Um, but I love you so much. I, I was going to edit We're all these. I'm not going to let you finish this sentence. <laughs> you really aren't. I was going to edit these episodes and take out any of the contests that we were doing or like the real time stuff or time sensitive stuff. And I ended up not doing that simply because, A, I think it was interesting to know what was going on at the time. And B, because it was interesting to see how the formats changed over the years. So, like I say, episode 201 will have some slightly different format. Um, not, again, not too significantly different. Um, but, you know, uh, we have a few weeks to try to play around with things and make stuff work. And that's what we're going to come back with. So, for everyone who has listened to all 200 episodes, um, thank you. For everyone, <laughs> <laughs> anyone new, thank you. Um, and I'm seeing some hands being raised up on camera right now. Um, <laughs> if I will at the beginning of each one of these episodes too, if you just want to skip to the end, I will put timestamps in the notes so you can just skip to the end. So like, I already listened to that episode and just skip to the end and listen to the new stuff. Uh, all the episodes are going to be m- much longer, probably an hour 15 to an hour and 30, um, because of the extra content that's tacked on there. But again, it's, you can skip to the, what you want to hear. Um, but yeah, we, we super appreciate you guys for sticking around with us for 200 episodes. And we're super sad that we're not going to see most of you and cons, which is why I really like the live thing here. Um, I am going to do a live painting zoom. I will announce that 
when probably the next episode. So again, at the beginning of each episode, you will hear me in real time. So I, I'll remind you saying, hey, I'm doing this at this time. So if you're interested in hanging out with us, um, you can dial into Zoom and we'll be there. Um, I'm also looking at some, kind of maybe bringing the YouTube channel back a little bit more than it was before. So these are the types of things I'll be doing during this downtime. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Kitty, Fletcher, don't you worry, Chris won't add? be resting. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I won't. <laughs> You can't stop him. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, when we come back a month later, I'll be having a new kid. But Sydney's doing most of that work, so it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have the easy job. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, Kitty? I'm gonna pass the mic to you for a moment, so you can say thank you and you know oh. appreciate people and stuff. <laughs> oh, you don't. You don't actually. Never. <laughs> well, you gave me so much warning. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Um, it means so much to us. This has been such an amazing ride. I can't believe we've been doing this for 200 episodes, almost four years. Um, my birthday this year will be four years because we were at my birthday party when I finally got invited onto the podcast for episode four. Um, so the first three episodes don't exist. In my mind, still. No, nope, they're not in the feed <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just, if it weren't for our listeners and how communicative our audience is, we get so many emails, we get um, tweets, we get BGG feedback, everything. You know, we wouldn't have this same energy to bring every week. We wouldn't have these topic ideas. So it's really you guys, the listeners, who make the show as awesome as it is. And I can't imagine it without all of our awesome listeners. All right, Fletcher, your turn. Putting Fletcher on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's been great. How long have we been on the show? Like a year and a half, something like that? About a year and a half, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been a ton of fun. Uh, I love reading all the listener mail that we get i love all the questions that we get in the chat for like live feed um it's been a ton of fun and you know i can't wait uh until we come back and uh, have a lot more fun uh talking about tabletop games with everybody it's it sounds like we're saying goodbye but we're not and the funny thing is if we said nothing at no. all no, we're just <laughs> you would yeah. just see another episode <laughs> we're just next saying week. thank you yeah but the, yeah this is a thank you it's not a goodbye and um yeah like i said you would just notice another episode next week it would just be like you know npr does this all the time here's one of our favorite episodes from such and such a time but we just want to give you a heads up that yeah. that's what we're doing um nobody's because otherwise what would end up happening is like wait a minute what's going on what happened where did they go why is it all reruns um but <laughs> like i said i think you guys will be happy with the discussions after the fact and uh as i said josh is josh joined I us had for way all more eight of fun them. re-listening than i thought i would i thought you were giving me homework i thought this was gonna be a job but it was fun to go back and listen because i can't listen to like last week's episode because i remember it too well but it's funny yeah. how much of these things i was able to forget and re-listening to them felt very different you know years later now so many different life moments that we revisited so enjoy the uh emotional clip show coming up <laughs> <laughs> yeah in the next couple weeks it's it's fun and we're getting amazing thank yous in the chat too so like seriously <laughs> thank you guys um also kitty and or i i say and or because it just depends on the week will be part of dice tower news again so you can hear us on there as well if you want to go 
subscribe there. This will. Yep. Oh, uh, I think it's not next week, but maybe the following week. So sometimes, sometime within a week or two of this airing, uh, we'll be on the other episode again. Two weeks. So I believe it's two um, weeks. I want to say the 29th. Yeah. And we're not doing the news part. We're just doing the Kickstarter part. So we're just going to be doing Kickstarters over there um, again. So you can kind of hear so us every there. other week you'll hear me or Chris. Yep. Maybe sometimes I guess every find... week you will hear me or Chris. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you might hear, so both. You can hear about <laughs> an <laughs> insane game or a reasonable game. Yeah. Well, and, and it sort of depends on what's on Kickstarter. So sometimes we may still do it together if there's, you know, things mm-hmm. that we both want to point out or something. So, um, yeah, Jesse's giving us a lot of flexibility over there and we super appreciate him inviting us back to do that segment, but he's still going to manage all the overhead of all that stuff. So, uh, Christopher asked me if that means I'm getting back into Kickstarters. Um, Christopher, I never left. Like he ever <laughs> stopped. <laughs> it's not nearly as bad these days. Um, but and I do have, you know, for as far as Kickstarters are concerned, I do have a. I have a new rule. Number one, I watch a video of a, of a new game being played before I will back it. And if I do back something, I go all in because the last thing I want to do is back something, find out I really loved it, and then get that FOMO. So it's either all or nothing. And if it's nothing, that's fine. I'm never going to look back. Don't care. I passed on it. Um, but yeah, Car Wars, that's that's a budget right there. All right. Um, anything else? All right. That's 200 episodes. So. That's a wrap. Um, 200. Yeah, that's that's 200. crazy. <laughs> Two zero zero. Okay. Um, oh, Michael asks, could you do crowdfunding episodes with Tom? You know, I probably could. Um, it's a good question. I don't. I don't interact enough with the Dice Tower main network enough, and I really should. Um, it's really just day job, side hobbies, podcast. It's like all the stuff I do. I feel like if I do get too deep into something else, it it tends to spread me too thin, where I can't do everything I want to do. So even that's one of the reasons why we stopped doing Dice Tower News is because we were starting to get spread too thin. Um, but I should reach out to Tom and maybe do an episode or two with Crowdsurfing. I know he's doing some stuff with like Rado now and things like that. So eh, you might see me over there. We'll, we'll see. We'll find out. <laughs> All right. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook at Tabletop Game Talk Podcast. Uh, and this might be one of the things that changes most in 201 is this particular section. Uh, Twitter at Tabletop Game TLK. <laughs> Kitty at Lawful Good Mom. Fletcher's Net Fletch. I am Game Master Chris. Uh, you can leave us iTunes reviews. We love to see them. Uh, some people say it helps people find us. I don't know if it does, but it's still cool to get reviews. <laughs> if you want to help us out on Patreon, go to tabletopgametalk.com slash Patreon. Uh, one note to Patreon. I was considering turning off billing on Patreon. I'm not going to do that because I still have about $100 a month in in fees and such to to keep the this on the air. And we do have a lot of content. So what I am going to do is... In episode 201, uh, anyone who is a patron starting, well, during the next two months, um, I'm just going to do a drawing for all of our patrons that stuck with us during that time, uh, just to say thank you. And we will give away something uh, for that. I don't know what it, it'll be. Minimum will be a gift card, but we'll see if I get a big Kickstarter in that I want to give away or something like that. Um, all right, Kitty. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Thanks for listening, and remember, we love your feedback. So email us with comments or questions about today's topic at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Finally, a huge thank you to our patrons. Adam Harrison, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, Terrence Miltner, Stephen Seitz, Brian Arnold, Sean P. Kelly, C. Marie, Marie, Rudy Liu, Benjamin Heimowitz, Jerry Wong, Caleb O'Brien, Jennifer Engelbrett, 
Justin Willard, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks, Jeremy Fisher, David Radke, Nick Quickstra, David Sellers, Jason Rodney, Michael Yanikowski, Miles Clark, Cindy Lum, Phil Swartzel, Ann Reynolds, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Faz Funtham, Sean Peck, Eric Zelander, Mike Smith, Joe Hoover, Glenn Cotter, Don Gilstrap, Stephen Judd, Leehan Verholz, Christopher Vetko, John Lewis, John Rackstad, Ron Nelson, Sahara Wentworth, Weatherman Keefe, Nicholas Lotz, Agnes Toth, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Matthew Droke, Aaron Moore, Jason Wheeler, Charles Pearson, David Rank, Sam Lacet Brown, and Christopher Comstock. Comstock. <laughs> Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. All right, 200 episodes. Should we just do mic drop? Mic drop. I would like to give a shout out to Joe Rackstead and Jesse Wheeler instead of John Rackstead and Jason Wheeler. Who <laughs> <thanked>. <laughs> I'm just going to go back. No, I'm not going to re-record that. I wanted to do it so well, too. <laughs> <laughs>